We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Put, 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 put! This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. What's up, Bears fans? Welcome to another edition of the Bear Report Podcast. We are now just over a week away from the start of the 2023 NFL Draft. As we record this here on Tuesday. And we'll finally get some news and storylines next week. Um, a, a big week for Chicago Bears as Ryan Poles will talk. They'll hand out the Brian Piccolo Awards. And then the actual draft ranging from Thursday to Saturday night. And then the day after with undrafted free agents. And then the week after that, rookie minicamp and all that good stuff. We're going to break down the latest in the Chicago Bears. Um, players that are being mocked to the Bears. Um, some news of, of a free agent signing as well we'll get into all that let me welcome in my co-host as always aaron lemming Aaron, um i know we talk about all off season there's a lot of dead time but i think the next few weeks here are going to start really picking up and we'll have some bears news to talk about yeah well i think this is about the time that the you know the roster is actually going to take shape a little bit and we'll kind of get a better idea of what their plan is and where their true holes are going to be at um you know pre-training camp and you know the bears still have i mean just under 35 million dollars to spend so i mean they still got quite a bit of flexibility in terms of what they can do. And I would have, I would expect, and I could be wrong. I would expect that they're going to get through the draft. And then let's just say, you know, let's just say Jalen Carter drops to nine and the bears take him. And then, you know, you get to 53 and all of a sudden, you know, there's not really any like day one starting right tackles out there. Then maybe you take somebody in the third or fourth round or whatever it may be and say, hey, we're going to develop this guy. But then obviously you'd still need somebody to kind of throw in there and at least compete for a spot. So I think that that's kind of where free agency is going to come. I think you could probably make the same argument for like edge rusher. I know they've already signed two edge rushers, but they're both kind of of the same mold versus, you know, what they could do. Yannick Ngakwe still out there. I mean, there's quite a few different names. So it's going to be interesting to see, because like I said, they got a lot of money. Um, you know, it's going to be a busy weekend ahead in terms of, you know, next weekend will be a busy weekend ahead in terms of, you know, the draft and then uh, undrafted free agency starts right afterwards. And then you'll kind of start seeing tryout players and stuff like that. And then rookie minicamp will happen and you'll, you know, you'll just kind of start to see them kind of trim the fat off the lower end of the roster kind of get some of the rookies that they want in. I think that that's when you'll probably start seeing some free agent signings as well. 
Yeah, and speaking of free agent signings, um, we'll just pass the quick note a couple of days ago, the Bears, or yesterday, whatever it was, um, re-signed wide receiver Dante Pettis, one-year deal. Um, not really a move that's going to really push the needle. Uh, more of a move of competition in the in the wide receiver room for the Bears come training camp in, in this offseason. And now you're looking, you know, essentially the wide receiver room that's, that's pretty much Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool, DJ Moore, EQ St. Brown, um, Dante Pettis is, and Valus Jones is kind of your six right there near the top of the depth chart. Um, and, and with EQ being on a one-year extension and Dante Pettis being on a one-year deal, uh, you know, it's very likely, or there, I don't want to say it's likely, but there is a chance that one of them may not make the, the roster, especially, you know, depending on what the bears do, if they, if they really like a wide receiver in the draft and they, on day two or day three, and they, um, take one of those guys that they like, maybe, you know, create some more competition, but not really a move that's, that's going to push the needle. I, I thought Pettis was all right. Um, overall last year, like wasn't really like a negative or a, a net positive or anything like that. Um, you know, had some special teams value, but definitely not a guy that you're going to rely on a lot as one of Justin Fields is, is top targets. And, you know, I think you'd agree with this. There's just, there's still just not much out there in terms of the wide receiver market, barring any trades. I mean, we did see Allen Robinson um, pretty much get dealt here to the, the Pittsburgh Steelers today on Tuesday. Um, but yeah, the free agent market is just dry. And, and if the bears want to, you know, address the wide receiver, which to me, it's a, it's a need that's far down the list now, you know, it would be via trade. I don't see that happening um, or through the draft. Yeah. Well, I think with, you know, with a move of Pettis, you're basically talking about, a you know, your fifth or sixth receiver right now. And I know there were some strange reactions in my opinion about how, you know, people were upset that they made the move or whatever that they signed him. And it's like, it, it's not going to impact their draft plans at all. And ultimately, you know, this isn't Dante Pettis is coming in competing for, you know, wide receiver, wide receiver three or four, or whatever it may be. I mean, you're talking about a bottom of the depth chart guy that is already going to be going into the year uh, or in the training camp, you know, on the roster bubble as is. Cause like you said, I mean, I don't think, and I could be wrong, I don't think the Bears are going to take a receiver in the first round, but I mean, day two and day three, I mean, yeah, I would absolutely expect them to add at least one guy because yes, they did, you know, they did acquire DJ Moore, they do have Darnell Mooney and they do have Chase Claypool, but it's also a situation where both Mooney and Claypool as of right now are slated to be free agents next year. Now, obviously you would have to assume that one way or another, at least one of those guys is going to be back. They have the franchise tag at their disposal. Um, they're going to have more than enough money again next offseason to be able to get an extension done. If I had to guess, I, I think that ultimately what they'll end up doing is they'll end up, you know, extending or tagging, uh, you know, the better of the two in terms of fit, whatever it may be. And, you know, we'll just kind of go from there. But yeah, I think, you know, you kind of looking at their needs right now. And I would say receiver is definitely still a need just from a depth standpoint. But again, when, when uh, DJ Moore comes in, I mean, you're talking about pushing everybody down the depth chart. And again, with, with, you know, uh, you know, with Pettis, it's, you're looking at a situation where last year when he was signed, you know, is much different expectations, especially with the way things played out. Yes. They did trade for Chase Claypool halfway through the year, Darnell Mooney, uh, you know, got hurt and was lost for the season shortly after that. So, I mean, you're talking about having to rely on somebody that was out there 60, 70% of the time, you know, if he's out there 60, 70% of the time this year, then something is, is majorly gone wrong. And it's not just a roster building flaw. I mean, it's simply, there is a ton of injuries and, you know, whatever else. So, 
I think more than anything, you're kind of looking at a guy that has some special teams value as a punt returner. Um, it also kind of gives you a little bit of insurance uh, with Valus Jones Jr. If if you know if if he doesn't come in and isn't a better receiver out of the gate. Um, but I, I think outside of that, man, I, I mean, I think any move that they're going to make right now um, is probably going to be with eyes towards depth, kind of the same thing as that Rasheem Green signing. You know, it's kind of the same thing. Like he, him and Demarcus Walker can feel that, uh, you know, one of those defensive end roles is kind of the bigger defensive end, and that's well and fine. But, I mean, that's not going to stop them from taking an edge rusher at any point during the draft the same way that, you know, Dante Pettis is not going to stop them from taking a receiver at any point in the draft. I think it's just kind of – I think we saw last year, and I and I could be wrong, and obviously it'll be good to kind of get a better idea this year, um, you know, going into year two with Ryan Poles drafting. But the Bears are going to address needs – uh, as they see fit and the best way to do that especially with the kind of roster that they have where they're kind of in need of talent everywhere is to take you know the best player available within reason and I think again we'll see that and who knows maybe maybe we find a situation in the second you know late second early third round where receiver makes the most sense and again like I said it's it's their their depth charts nice right now one through three but that could very easily change and you know it's never a bad idea to throw darts at the dartboard see if you can find another Darnell Mooney type where you can get him you know, day two, day three, and 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 have him become a productive uh, player for you at a you know on a cheaper deal. Yeah, and that's the thing. the The addition of Pettis is not going to you know impact if you're going to take a wide receiver or not. I mean, if they want to take a wide receiver on day two or day three, um, they're going to because essentially you're taking a you know a, a younger receiver with some potential. Um, and that's kind of always key to to to, to think about. Um, like you said, I, it would actually shock me. Um, if they stayed at nine and took, you know, JSN or, or Quentin Johnson or Jordan Addison, I, I think, you know, it wouldn't shock me as much if they traded back and, and took one in the twenties, especially if their defensive line or offensive line prospects are gone. Um, but it definitely would um, shock me if they, if they stayed at nine and they took a receiver because I, I think they can get a, a good talent at number nine on the offensive line or defensive line. Um, kind of speaking of that, I mean, here we are, and it's it's Tuesday, it's April 18th. The draft starts a week from Thursday. It's about eight to nine days, depending on when you're going to listen to this, maybe seven. Um, and a lot of mock drafts are coming out. Um, you know, you see one almost daily, uh, multiple daily now coming out. Um, and, and there's been a couple interesting ones, you know, with the Chicago Bears. You, you kind of see, you know, the usual guys. You see Jalen Carter if he falls at number nine, um, Paris Johnson, Peter Skronsky. Um, you know, Broderick Jones, you've seen um, Darnell Wright, who, who's kind of shot up draft boards, being mocked to, uh, number nine to the Bears. We saw one today from Peter Schrager uh, of NFL Network, um, and it's his first mock of the year. And he um, put it out and has, you know, the usual, it, it's Bryce Young going one, he has CJ Stroud going two to the Colts with a trade. You know, I think a lot of people think Will Anderson's going to go three to the um, the Arizona Cardinals. And then he's got Anthony Richardson, five. Jalen Carter, six. Peter Skronsky, seven. Nolan Smith, another player who's really shooting up the draft boards because it was a big combine. He's become one of my favorite prospects as well. I, I wouldn't mind if the Bears took him at nine. I wouldn't be as mad or anything like that. But the number nine pick he has is Christian Gonzalez, a defensive back. And I don't know why. I don't think it's that crazy of an idea. And I, I'll say this because I do think defensive back is a need. Um, I don't think it's as big of a need as 
offensive line, defensive line, um, you know, slash edge rusher. Um, and I do think tight end is still a need. I don't think it's a priority because you're not going to spend number nine on, on Michael Mayer or Dalton Kincaid or um, was Darnell Washington out of uh, Georgia. But for me, I, I, I think, you know, defense back is a need. And I don't know if they're fully sold on Jalen Johnson yet. And and if you listen to last week's podcast, Jacob Infante, I brought up Gonzalez as kind of like the surprise pick at number nine. And I kind of had the same reasoning. For me, I you know, I saw this and I, I think a lot of people were like, whoa, okay, this is terrible, blah, 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 that. I don't think it's that bad. I mean, I guess the question to you is, would you be upset with Christian Gonzalez at nine? Now, let's say, okay, let me tell you this. So Peter Skronsky's off the board. Jalen Carter's off the board. Tyree Wilson's off the board. But on the board at that spot is Broderick Jones. On the board at that spot is Bijan Robinson, Devon Witherspoon. And he has Paris Johnson going 17. So those players are all still available. Um, you know, Lucas Van Ness and Darnell Wright are as well. In your eyes, I mean, is that is is, is this crazy to you? How upset would you be or, or would you kind of understand the pick? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So I wouldn't love it, but I would also understand it. I, I think, you know, this corner class as a whole is really damn good. Now, obviously, there's some size concerns with some of these guys in terms of weight. Um, you know, Devon Weatherspoon's one of those guys where I think had he come in closer to 200 pounds, I think you're talking, you know, about a guy that is absolutely going to be going in the top 10. And he still may. Um Christian Gonzalez, athletic freak, super fluid. Um, I think that you can comfortably project him as, you know, your top corner within a year or two. And it makes sense because, like you said, we don't know what's going to go on with Jalen Johnson. Now, you know, we could say that he could end up getting extended. I think his market's going to be a little murky because when he's on the field, for the most part, he's a pretty good player. But the problem is, is he's missed some time and he's had some inconsistencies. So, Again, I wouldn't love it by any means, but, you know, again, I think it's all about how this board plays out. And I think the thing that we all kind of have to keep in mind here is, one, the Bears have needs everywhere, right? I mean, we just talked about it's probably unlikely that they go receiver. I mean, dude, if they go Jackson Smith and Jigbat nine, I'm not going to be upset about it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't love it in that spot, but I'm not going to be upset about it. The same way, you know, with corner. But I mean, you're looking, you know, you got to look at, especially the top of the draft right now. I mean, it, it had been assumed for quite a while that Carolina traded up to take CJ Stroud. And now all of a sudden, 
you know, barring some crazy smoke screen, whatever it may be, it sounds like it's going to be Bryce Young. And there's been a lot of talk that Houston is not overly enthralled with any other quarterback in the class at number two. So they could either trade out or they could end up taking Will Anderson or Tyree Wilson at number two. I still think that's absolutely insane. I One, I think you, you have to take a quarterback there. And two, I think if you're not taking a quarterback, Will Anderson is such an easy pick. It's not even funny. And I like Tyree Wilson, but let's, I, I don't know. I, I just don't think they're comparable prospects, but Either way, all of a sudden you're looking at a position. Let's say Houston doesn't take a quarterback. You're looking at number two and number three where those teams aren't taking quarterbacks. So barring a trade-up, all of a sudden you've got a situation where you could you could see both Tyree Wilson and Will Anderson go two and three, and then you know everything falls into place for the god Chris Ballard that everybody absolutely loves, and all of a sudden you've got two quarterbacks and two defenders when at one point I think a lot of people had assumed that three of the first four picks would end up being quarterbacks. And then again, you got Seattle there, you got Detroit there at five and six. What do they do? So I think a lot of this comes down to how things play out. And I I know, you know, it's, it's easy to say, well, you know, the bears shouldn't take a corner. They shouldn't take a receiver or whatever else, but you know, you know, in this, in this particular mock, it's like, okay, you know, I don't think Skronsky is going to be a fit for the Bears because I don't think you take a guard at number nine in the Bears position, and I don't think he's a tackle. I, there's length thresholds for a reason. He's considerably below those length thresholds. I just don't think it makes a whole lot of sense no matter how good he is. So if you're looking at a position where, you know, at least for me, I've got Paris Johnson Jr. as my offensive tackle number one, right? Uh, I've got Skronsky as a guard. I mean, he's guard one. He's probably the best offensive lineman in this entire draft, but – you know, you're not taking a guard at number nine. So if you're looking between Paris Johnson Jr. and let's just say, you know, the best corner available on the board or the best corner available in the entire draft, then I think it at least becomes a, a discussion. I would still go Paris Johnson Jr. Uh, I know that there are quite a few people who believe that the the offensive tackles in this class outside of Skronsky are more kind of in that uh you know, I don't know, 13 to 17 range, 13 to 20 range. Um, but I mean, we've do we've seen that's kind of the funny thing is that we've seen projections all over the board. It's like you say that, and there was another mock I was looking at, and I can't even remember who it was. Uh, I want to say it might have been Bucky Brooks, and he had uh he had uh, the Bears taking Peter Skronsky. So it's like you know, it's just everything's all over the board. And I think because things are so unsettled at the very top end of the draft, I think you're kind of looking at a situation where nobody really knows what's going to go on. Here's what we do know. We know the Bears have uh, considerable needs on the offensive line, the defensive line, corner and receiver are, you know, definitely up there as well. Um, I think that you can kind of Look at those, let's just call it four positions. I'd say probably three. I think you could pick one between corner and receiver corner, probably more likely, and say that one of those two, you know, one of those three spots is probably going to be the position. So, again, I, I don't get up in arms about mock drafts, one, because it's just what people, you know, think are going to happen or what they would do. It is what it is. Um, but I do think that people need to open up their minds a little bit, whether it's talking about a trade down, whether it's talking about taking a corner, maybe a receiver, 
Uh, I'm still not on board with, with Bajan Robinson, but you, you get the point. I mean, there's just a multitude of different ways that they can go. And if the top three defenders are off the board by that point and talk about the defensive line and they don't feel great about the offensive tackles and they can't trade down a little bit, then maybe taking the top corner on the board does make sense. Maybe top taking the top receiver on the board makes sense. Maybe taking a generational type running back at number nine, as much as I hate the positional value there, maybe that makes more sense to get a, much better guarantee of a really good pro bowl, all pro type player than it does to reach on a tackle class uh, or, you know, edge rusher or defensive tackle or whatever that maybe doesn't project as well. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's kind of the question here for me. It's, I mean, do, does Ryan Poles look at, you know, like best player available? Does he look at, you know, the best, the, the biggest needs? I think, like you said, I mean, you and I pretty much agree. I think offensive line, defensive line is, is the biggest need. If you said it was offensive line, I would not argue with you. I think if I said it was defensive line, I don't think there'd be much of an argument from, from you unless I'm wrong. I, I think those are the, the two biggest needs for the Bears. They have to find a three technique. They have to find a pass rusher. They have to find a tackle. They could use maybe another interior offensive lineman for the future, depending on what they want to do. Um so yeah, it's just gonna kind of depend. Like if one of those guys is gone and, and you got Christian Gonzalez sitting there and you're really high on him, I mean it makes sense. And we gotta look back. I mean, last year, you know, Jalen Johnson was running with the second team for a couple practices in the offseason. And you know, he also had um the, the thing with Nagy where he was late and Nagy pretty much publicly called him out on it, or he revealed publicly that he was fine. Uh, I can't really remember, but he had that situation too. So I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the extension market's going to look like for Jalen Johnson. I, if it was me, I'd try to lock him up. I like his game, but I could see where they could be looking long term um, for for another defensive back. I'm not saying I, I think I'd fully agree with it. I don't think it's the biggest need. I would understand it, and I just think you know, I could see it now on draft night. They, they pull the card out, and it's Christian Gonzalez, and I think Bears Twitter just kind of just absolutely melt melts down. Um, asking what the hell is going on? What, what's this guy doing? You know, it's I could kind of see that scenario playing out. Um, kind of more with the number nine pick. You know, there was the report Adam Schefter about the the quarterbacks, and if he doesn't know if all four are going to go in the top five, um, or even you know top six seven, where Houston's thinking about not taking a quarterback. All this impacts the Bears in multiple ways. And I was talking to someone today. I think best case scenario. If Ryan Poles wants to trade down, he's going to wait to draft day. And best case scenario is either Will Levis or Anthony Richardson or, or even Jalen Carter, two of those three fall to number nine. Ryan Poles' phone is going to be ringing because there's going to be someone that wants to come up for one of those quarterbacks or Jalen Carter. We've kind of already heard the rumor about the Steelers, but I think that's just absolute best case scenario for the Bears is if those quarterbacks start to fall and things shake up and, and that's, you know, because of a trade potential there, but also, I mean, they could have, you know, their pick of who they want if Jalen Carter falls or if Tyree Wilson falls, or um, if Christian Gonzalez, JSN, Paris Johnson, Broderick Jones, all those guys are there. I mean, Ryan Poles could be looking at a big draft night on, on Thursday night. Yeah. Well, and I'll, I'll say it now, man, like, and you know, we've, we've kind of heard similar things, but if, if Jalen Carter's there at number nine, unless the Steelers are offering some crazy amount of picks, and I'm not even sure that that's going to be enough. I think if Jalen Carter's there at nine, the bears are taking him. 
I, I do. Oh I, yeah, I, I, I'm 100. I I think he's the top player on their board right now. I think if Will Anderson were to fall, they'd obviously take him. But I, I think he's the top, their top player that they that is realistically going to be available in my eyes. Yeah, no, because I've I've heard from a few different people that his pre-draft meetings in terms of visits and stuff like that post pro day have gone really well for him and. I mean, and I was critical of it, and I still kind of am just because I think it's kind of a bold move, all things considered, in the moment. But Drew Rosenhaus has been in the league for 25 years now. He's one of the best agents out there. He's not going to tell his client or tell other teams, like, hey, if you're not in the top 10, we're not we're not meeting with you. It's just that simple. I don't think he's doing that unless he's got some sort of guarantee one way or another uh, you know, that, that, you know, he's going to get picked in the top 10. So I think I, I just, you know, plainly stated, I think if Jalen Carter is sitting there at number nine, well, the bears got their defensive tackle and you just have to hope that that boom or bust. I mean, he's, let's just put it this way. He's got the potential to be the best player in the entire draft class. And he's also got the potential to be Albert Hainsworth before Albert Hainsworth, you know, was actually good and fell down, you know, fell, fell off. So, you know, but outside of that, yeah, I, I think you're you're looking at a position where it just it feels like we're trending to where one of those quarterbacks is going to be there, right? And you've got a few different teams when you start kind of looking at things where it could make some sense for the Bears to trade down. And I think that the other kind of big key out of this is uh I think it was was it, I think it was Brandon Bean, the the uh, the GM for the Bills today, was basically he was asked, like, how many first-round grades do you have this year? And he basically said something along the lines of, not a whole lot. And, I, and it kind of makes me wonder because, again, you know, the Bears are sitting there at nine. The reality of it is with these quarterbacks going is they're going to have a, a – maybe not a blue-chip player, but maybe that second bucket of players. They're going to have a first-round talent on their board that's going to be available to them. And I think the one thing that's kind of interesting is – you know, how far are they willing to go down in order, you know, to, you know, what's the, I guess, what's the difference in value between getting a first round talent versus, you know, getting extra picks within the draft this year or next year or both or upgrading picks, whatever it may be. I mean, yeah, there, there was that rumor about the Steelers, uh, you know, if Jalen Carter's there um, or an offensive lineman or something like that, you know, if they have their all the, you know, the picks of all their offensive linemen, maybe they would move up uh, to nine. And I mean, at least from a draft pick value standpoint, I think that you're kind of your best case scenario is you're probably looking at upgrading, uh, you know, your your first, second round pick to get back to 32 and then maybe getting, uh, you know, a third round pick out of it or, you know, a future third or whatever it may be. Like, and I think that that's kind of the thing when you look at the, like the draft value charts in terms of like, you know, and again, those aren't a perfect science, but I think that we're starting to kind of see that they are still pretty damn relevant, especially the Jimmy Johnson chart. And I think when you look at that, and you look at what the value would be, that value bucket between one picks one and six are substantially bigger than it is seven through, I think it's like 16 or 17, and then the value drops even more. So the drop-down percentage in terms of like what you're looking at going from nine to 17 in terms of point value is not nearly as crazy big as you would think it would be, especially considering the bears just went from one to, you know, one to nine. I mean, they'd be basically making a similar jump and the value is not even close to that. I mean, you're talking maybe 
if a team gets really crazy, maybe a future first round pick, maybe. And I mean, and frankly, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even expect that at that point. So you're looking at a few different teams. You got Washington um, that's sitting there at, I think, I think it's either 15 or 16. You got the Steelers at 17. You got the Bucks that are uh, right in that, that 20 range. Um, You know, those are teams that maybe, you know, would want to go after a quarterback um, so it's going to be kind of interesting to see. I think the other team that could make some sense would be Houston at 12. Maybe, you know, maybe they do end up going, uh, you know, Will Anderson at two, and then they decide, Hey, you know, we want to come up to nine and get Will Levis. You know, maybe they like Will Levis as their second quarterback and know he's going to be around or Anthony Richardson, whatever you get the point. I just don't know the theory of trading down. And I've said this, I, I, I'm, I'm absolutely pro trade down in the right scenario. Um, but I think the concept of trading down or just uh, again and having a team that wants to come up is going to be completely dependent on what's on the board. And I think it's going to have to be a quarterback or one of these teams enthralled with, the, you know, an offensive tackle or, you know, like you said, Jalen Carter. But again, I think if any of these top defenders like Jalen Carter, or Tyree Wilson, if either one of those guys dropped a nine, and I don't think either one of them's likely to drop a nine, but if one of them drops a nine, I think that's going to be the pick. I think where they might be a little less, uh, you know, undecided or a little bit more undecided is going to be with this offensive tackle class where, hey, if if Houston calls you and says, hey, we'll give you a, you know, a third or fourth round pick, um, you know, to move up three slots and the Bears are saying, okay, well, you know, we can still get one of these three offensive tackles that we've been having our eye on and they can do that and they can recoup some value in the process. And maybe they can use that pick that they get from Houston to turn around and trade up in the second round to get, to get back up in the first half of that second round. So there's a lot of opportunity. um, But again, a lot of that's going to completely be dependent on what plays out. I do think one of those quarterbacks will be available. I do think it's going to be Will Levis. I think Will Levis has been the quarterback for, for quite a while now. I think that he's going to be the guy that's going to be sitting there at number nine. Uh, But I think it's also going to be dependent again, because if Jalen Carter's there, I'd absolutely expect the bears to take him and, and run to the podium doing it. Yeah. I mean, he's, like I said, he's, he's the top guy on, on that, the list for them. I just, I mean, it's just kind of obvious now they've done the homework unless they, you know, for some odd reason, just don't feel comfortable taking them, which I don't think is the case um, right now. I mean, it's the NFL players are going to get second chances, you know, whether we agree with it or not, we've seen it multiple times. Um, he, he's, he's their top, he's their top guy. And, and I'd be very curious to see how the board kind of falls. Um, Cause you know, if Ryan Pace is or Ryan Poles, I'm sorry. Uh, that's my monthly saying of Ryan Pace there. Um, if Ryan Poles, you know, is sitting there, he might have to make a big decision. Do you go with, you know, Jalen Carter? Do you, do you try, do you pass up on him? Do you take a take a, a tackle or a guard, you know? Um, do you take the defensive backing and Christian Gonzalez, if he's there, he's going to have to face some tough decisions, but that's why he gets paid the big bucks. But yeah, it, things are going to shake out come Thursday night. Um, we pretty much know it's probably going to be Bryce Young as the top pick. Um, and then we'll have to see. Does Houston, you know, do, they're in kind of an interesting spot. I know, I know you you would take a quarterback in this class. Can Houston afford to, you know, pretty much tank next year? Like if you don't, if Houston doesn't take a quarterback in this draft, they're just telling you we're tanking. Like we think Drake May and Caleb uh, Williams are the two are two of the best quarterback prospects in a long time. We think they're better than any prospect this year. We're going to try and lose, and we're going to try and take someone like Will Anderson or Tyree Wilson or even Jalen Carter. I'd be shocked if that's the case. Maybe an offensive tackle. 
let me ask you this though. Yeah. Like it's easy to say, Hey, we're going to tank, but you're looking at two other teams in the NFC right now. And uh, the Arizona Cardinals who were just completely falling apart. They look like they were going to be absolutely awful. And I mean, we just got done talking about Allen Robinson getting traded for yep. basically a bag of peanuts. Look at, look at the Rams. I mean, you got two teams that I would argue are considerably worse right now, at least, at least the Cardinals, but considerably worse right now than Houston. Houston's at I, least got some young talent. I just think that's a huge risk. I, I think for sure those are three of the worst teams in the league, three of probably the, the bottom five um, in the league. I look I – mean, you bring up a good point. I look at Houston. They need a quarterback. Davis Mills is not the answer no matter what um, – that tweet was today was a Michael Lombardi. That Michael Lombardi, out. naturally, yeah, always he, is. Yes, and I mean, talk about just cherry picking a the stat there. Um, yeah, they need a quarterback, obviously. So I agree with that. Arizona, do they move on from Kyler Murray? I don't off the top, I don't know the contract details off the top of my head. Um, do they move on from him after this year? I mean, I think it's if you think Drake May and Caleb Williams are are better, I think you know if you can get out of it, yeah. Um, and then obviously the Rams need a quarterback because they they just they literally just have Matthew Stafford on the roster right now and and he's doesn't seem like he's gonna be playing football much longer after this so I mean, yeah that's a good point um, I could see why they would pass though like I, I could see why they maybe they don't think C J Stroud's a great quarterback now the question is what do they do though like if you pass on C J Stroud do you trade that pick and acquire more capital try to get a, a pick next year on an extra first rounder. Um, because if they do that and they, let's say they finish in the top 10, they could just move up to number one and take their quarterback. Um, if you know what I mean? Like it's just, there's a lot of variables in this. Do they take Will Anderson at two? Like I could very well see them doing everything. Like what Houston does this upcoming draft, nothing shocks me at all. Like I would not be shocked at all. Like I think the three real most realistic options are they're going to take a quarterback. They're going to trade the pick or they're going to take Will Anderson. I, I mean, I don't know. Do you disagree with that? Like you think, the, the, those are the three legit options. Yeah, I think so. I mean, but kind of going back to your point about, you know, they could end up in the top 10 next year and trade up. I mean, outside of, let's just say, I'm, I'm telling you right now, dude, if Arizona ends up as the worst team in the league, Kyler Murray's gone. I honestly, I, I bet you if his contract was a little further along, they'd be looking to move on from him right now. And who knows if he even wants to be there. It seems like everybody is, wants out I'm anyway. I'm going to look up his contract really quick. But I, I mean, I, I would agree. I do. I do agree. Yeah. I would. I'm, I'm sure. So here's the thing with a rebuilding team like Arizona, right? And I like Kyler Murray. I mean, I'm an Oklahoma fan, so obviously there's a little bit of bias, but I think Kyler Murray is a is a is a good quarterback. Obviously, the you know him fading uh, towards the end of the year in health has has obviously been a question as well. But I mean, you're talking about. I guarantee you, right now, a team is going to give up at least one first round pick for Kyler Murray in that situation. So let's just say Arizona is sitting there at one. I mean, really, outside of like, if you look at it, obviously we have to see how the rest of the trades end up panning out. But right now, the Bears are looking like one of the only teams that's going to have multiple first round picks next year. So outside of a scenario where the Bears pick, whether you know, I guess if the Bears pick if they had Carolina's pick and Carolina was just absolutely awful and they ended up with a first, you know, first overall pick. Um, outside of that, I don't see a scenario in which any team is going to give up number one overall. Now I know you're a North Carolina fan and I'm sure you know you really like Drake May. But I'm just going to say now, man, like I don't see there being any way on God's green earth that Caleb Williams isn't the unquestioned number oh, it would one have pick. To be an, it would have to be an injury. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he – I agree. I agree. I 
hundred percent. I think Caleb Williams right now is probably is the number one, is the top quarterback, yeah. barring injury or him just like. I mean, he'd have to totally like he'd almost have to have like a um, um, Spencer Rattler, Sam Howell like top final year if that yeah. that kind of makes sense. And yeah. and Drake May would have to have a just a year that Caleb Williams had last year or a, a slightly better year than he had himself. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I definitely agree with, I definitely agree. I think it's Williams. And I think it's May, but I think like, I said this to you, I think Williams is more of a like Patrick Mahomes ceiling. And I think May is more of like a Justin Herbert ceiling, if that kind of makes sense. No, it does. It definitely does. And I think honestly, that would be like my direct comp for watching Caleb Williams uh, would absolutely 100% be Patrick Mahomes. I mean, the dude yeah. is just absolutely, he's got incredible arm talent. He's extremely athletic. He's an extremely intelligent kid. Like he is going to, and that's what I'm saying, man. Like in, if, if Drake may ends up being the guy that a lot of people are projecting him to be as well. I mean, the consolation prize at two is also going to be, it's like, I, I guess I just, I'm at a point where I'm looking at this and again, obviously it's way too early to be projecting any of this, but let's just say, that you know, out of the three tanking teams, if the Texans aren't the one that get that top pick, they're not going. They're probably not going to have a shot at, at at Caleb Williams. And frankly, if they end up, you know, with the number three and number four pick, I mean, you're looking at the Rams right now. We know Matthew Stafford isn't a long term option. We know that they're in the midst of a rebuild too. I mean, what better way to kind of reset everything than taking, you know, having a really young, promising quarterback? So, I don't know, man. I just I, I feel like it's a huge risk. And I also feel like Nick Casario's kind of taken that page out of Chris Ballard's book where he doesn't want to commit and put his name on a rookie quarterback. And I think that that only lasts for so long. Right. And I, I think we've kind of seen that with Chris Ballard where it's like, Hey man, like that coach that you brought in, you know, with you is gone. You have this coach. And quite frankly, I think at this point in time, like, uh, you know, Sykin's going to be there longer than Chris Ballard if Chris Ballard doesn't get this quarterback situation right. So it's like, and I think Casario is going to be in a, a pretty similar situation. Honestly, I don't think he should have kept his job this year. I mean, he yeah. went through two head coaches in two years and they've done nothing but get worse as a football team. I don't understand how a guy keeps a job like that, but whatever it is, what it is. I just, even if you don't feel great about this quarterback class, do what Arizona did a few years ago when they took Josh Rosen it's like, you know, you're probably not going to be very good. You know, take one of these quarterbacks at two. You have two picks. You can still, like, if you really are hell-bent on going out and getting a good defender, then trade up a little bit and, and and go ahead and do that. I mean, you got the picks from the Deshaun Watson trade. Like, you're able to do different things. So it's just one of those things to me personally where I'm looking at this. And I'm just, it just doesn't, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like, take a quarterback, worst case scenario, the guy isn't what you feel like he's going to be. You have that protection there. If you end up getting number one or number two and you really like one of the other quarterbacks, you trade that guy, you get some draft capital from the quarterback that you take this year. But you've got to start taking swings on quarterbacks, man. I, I would be – personally, I would be absolutely furious if I was a Texan fan right now because you we just saw it last year. You can't guarantee a tank. There was a very few people in the league that thought the Bears were going to have the number one overall pick coming into this year, you know, coming into this draft. You can never predict who is going to end up being the worst team in the league. There were a lot of people who thought Seattle was going to be a really bad team. Nobody thought Denver was going to be, you know, sitting there at five or six or whatever the hell they ended up sitting at. So it's 
again, man, it's just one of those things where you can't predict that to happen. So I think that you have to take a swing. Um, you know, Davis Mills wasn't a swing. What they did last year obviously wasn't a swing either. It's time for them to make a move. And, you know, even if you don't feel great about one of those quarterbacks, I mean, you, you've got to take one of them, man. You just you just have to. It is the Texans, though. Like, we are talking about the Texans. <laughs> so, I mean, that is true. Yeah, I, mean, I just – it's mind-blowing to me, man. I, I don't know. I, I guess I like this quarterback class more than most. I've, I felt like Bryce Young was quarterback number one this entire time. Like, I understand size is an outlier a little bit with him, but size has been an outlier with a few different players yep. that have turned out to be really good football players. I mean, a Kyler Murray, man. I mean – yeah, I, I think he's a good football player. And, and back to Murray. I mean, look, okay, the contract, they got it up. So 20, let's say after this year, um, 2024 cap hit is about 58 or 51.8 million. The dead cap is 81 million. Um, 2025 is 45.6 million. The dead hits 33.2. Um, goes up again in 2026. Then goes back down in 2027. They do have a potential out in 2028. Um, let's let's see. Yeah, zero dead cap. So see, but I, I think know. at that point you're just kind of saying, hey, you know, kind of like what what uh, Atlanta did with Matt Ryan. Yeah. Um, you know, and if and the same thing of what uh, what Detroit did with Matt Stafford. Like, hey, we're going to eat a ton of money off the top, knowing that this is going to be a one year thing. But we also know that we're going to be getting a lot in return. I mean, it's even with Jared Goff, it's worked out pretty damn well with uh, Detroit so far. I mean, obviously they're far from a finished product, but sometimes, man, you just you gotta you gotta pull the bandaid off. And frankly, this regime did not draft him. This regime did not bring him in. And like I said, I think it's just a matter of time before he wants out anyway. Just with everything, you know, the way it's all going in Arizona right now. So yeah, I, you could tell, man, like it was getting testy between him and and and. Uh cliff down there well that's what happens when you have a terrible head coach i should have never been a head coach in the first place but that's 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 yeah that's a i guess that's a (laughs) that's a conversation for a different topic you know him and lincoln riley can enjoy themselves together at usc yeah yeah that that's interesting out out there um but yeah no i I do agree i i think you know houston should take a quarterback i just i i mean i'm i just can i can see them doing those three things like nothing would shock me with them um, just because of the next year's class. But like you said, man, it, it is a gamble. Like you're not guaranteed to get one of those two players. You know, I mean, yeah, you know, if, if you get Caleb Williams, that's great. If you get Drake May, that's great. But you're not, it's not guaranteed. So, yeah, I don't know. I still think, you know, if I had to say now, I, I think they're going to take a quarterback. I just think they'll take C.J. Stroud. And, you know, if, if, if you finish top pick next year and Stroud, you're not comfortable with them. Like you said, you could kind of do the Arizona thing, although I think Stroud's a little better than um, Josh Rosen. Either way, man, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a fun draft. This is actually one of the more anticipated drafts um, for me, just because the Bears have number nine. Everything is surrounding them, the options. But not only that, but like top 10 outside of Bryce Young at one. I mean, we really don't know. Like, I think we know the players. I think we got 11 to 15 players that we think are going to be there in the top 10. Um, I just, I, I don't know the order. It's going to be a fun one, though. Um, where can I want to follow you on Twitter at and, and uh, read your work, Aaron? Yep, you can find me at Aaron Lemming NFL uh, on Twitter, and you can read my work at thebearreport.com. Awesome. You can follow the Bear Report on Twitter at just Bear Report. You can follow me on Twitter at Zach, Z-I-C-K underscore Pearson. Um, as always, please rate, review, subscribe on all major podcasting platforms. Um, we'll have more on the draft next week, kind of last-minute stuff going into the draft. And then we'll also hear from Ryan Poles, who will speak to the media at some point next week. 
Uh, we'll have all that covered. And then, of course, we'll have a draft recap episode as well. Um, until next time, everyone, please stay safe. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.